we're going to talk about mattresses. We just got done with a large move here in the Ferguson household, and we had two mattresses we had to haul up and down some stairs. Which begged the question, why do we have mattresses? Where did they come from? What did we use to use to sleep on? And this topic was surprisingly elusive. When you first look for the history of mattresses, what you find is the warring factions of mattress providers, of manufacturers. Each one of them twists and conform the mattress history to match their particular needs, their particular styles. Memory foam mattresses believe that they are the end of the line, whereas quilt mattresses believe they're of the highest class. And each one of them has warped that history, that telling of the story in their own way. So to get to the facts, it actually took a lot more research than we originally thought. After all, it's just bedding. Why should it be so complicated? There's also some missing links. Most mattress histories cite one particular book of facts back in the 1960s, with no other source available. Apparently, history made up this missing mattress in Persia, which fills in the holes, but it didn't exist. It had no factual line. So let's talk about the facts. Anytime today we talk about mattresses and beds, they are two different things. You can think of beds like an ice cream cone, whereas the mattress is the ice cream that sits inside the cone. Or if you're in the Pacific Northwest like us, beds are the toast and the mattress is the avocado on top of the toast. So why mattresses? Why beds at all? Wouldn't it be a useful evolutionary trait to just sleep wherever you can? Sleep standing up? Sleep in a hole you dug out back? The truth of the matter is, we don't really know why we sleep yet. Scientists' best guess are to reduce our activity at night, which caused us to be less available to the various predators that may have been hunting in the night. It's to reduce stress, to make sure our cognitive abilities are at their best for the following day. Basically, a long break from thinking so hard, which we got pretty good at. And whether or not we know what it does, sleep is important. And by increasing our quality of sleep, we are increasing our cognitive abilities for the next day. So 23 million years ago, the great apes, including humans began making beds at night. They began constructing sleeping platforms, beds, in the trees. The other primates merely slept on the branches. And this becomes formalized across the great apes by about 5 million years ago. And the two ideas start working together. If you have a big brain, you need better sleep. If you have a big brain, you can create a better bed to get that sleep. And so, the two sort of evolve along each other. Big brains and the ability to make a better bed. When we think of gorillas, we're still talking about a nest. It is made up of leaves and branches in a general platform that allows for smooth sleeping. The orangutan nest is actually closer to our bed and mattress. On average, an orangutan takes about 10 minutes to construct its bed for the night, making a fresh bed every day. These are 10 to 20 meters up off the forest floor. They are 1 to 2 meters long and about a meter wide. And our nest is more like our Netflix and chill pile. It's just a bunch of pillows all over the place. 
orangutan beds are woven together from the tree branches. And then once they've constructed their general platform, they then craft with smaller limbs the mattress and the pillow. To get to the earliest human beds, we go to Skara Bray, Neolithic, Scotland. This is about 12,000 years ago. And the beds were stone-built boxes, basically a ring that would house the various soft things that made up the mattress. The Egyptians also had beds, though they were more like pools, and often so high you had to have steps to climb up into them. The Romans, as they often do, take beds to a whole new level. They invented three different types of beds with three different purposes. The lectus cubicularis, a chamber bed for normal sleeping. The lectus lucubratorius, a bed for studying upon. And the lectus genialis, which is the marriage bed, which was often much more decorated. In the 12th century, wooden frames and foldable beds that also serve as couches come into fashion. But by the 14th century, plain old carved wooden beds are out of favor, and it's all about covering your bed frame in silks or gold. The 17th century is known as the Century of Magnificent Beds. This is the period in which Louis XIV had his beds of Versailles, the gold, pearl, velvet, and etched beds that adorned his 700 rooms. In the 18th century, everyone updated to iron beds. There was a fine advertising platform for them. Unlike the wooden beds, they were more free of insects. But that's just the beds, the frame, the part that deconstructs, the part that didn't give us trouble on those second floor stairs. Now let's talk about the mattresses. The oldest mattress currently known is from the Sibudu Rock Shelter in South Africa. It was dated at 77,000 years ago. It was made of grasses and sedges, which are graminoid, grass-like bushes. But it's clear that this wasn't some inventor's bed. This bed had several features. It had stems and leaves from laurel trees, which put out an aromatic odor that works as a light insecticide, killing mosquitoes. We have that particular mattress because of the dry climate of Africa. But we know mattresses were used throughout the world, we just don't have any historical examples. They all rotted, went bad, in their various climates. So from here we start following the etymology of the word mattress to discover our history. The Arabic word for mattress was taraha, meaning he threw down. He threw down a pile of bedding. They added to this the prefix ma. And when we get to medieval Arabic, it is now al-matra, which means the large cushion or rug that you lay upon. In medieval Latin, this becomes matrasium. In Italian, materasso. Old French, materas. And so these languages carry the mattress through history to the 1300s, where materas is defined as bedding consisting of a bag filled with soft or elastic materials and usually tacked in short intervals 
to prevent the contents from slipping. We reach mattress, the modern spelling in the 15th century. And so we reach the various types of mattresses. Inner spring, foam, and bladder. Each mattress style uses a different technology from a different time period. Our mattresses now are safely far away from hay stuffing or animal furs. Nobody is making their own bedding anymore. We are now post-industrial revolution. The inner spring mattress is a spring core surrounded top and bottom by upholstery layers. And the spring core is made up of coils, and there are four different types. The bonnell is the oldest and most common. It's adapted from springs used in bungees from the 19th century. These became popular in the late 1800s, but don't really catch on until the early 1900s. They are wide at the ends, thin in the middle, and the ends are circular, and they're put together in a helical fashion. Another spring is the offset, similar to the bonnell, but the ends aren't circular. The two sides of the end are flattened, and the flattened ends are joined, allowing the mattress to conform to body shape. The continuous inner spring is what you might assume, one giant wire that forms all the coils. This technological step also allowed for the mattress to conform to bodies using the coils. The final inner spring is the Marshall, a coil encased in fabric pockets. Because each coil is separated by these fabric encasements, the coils do not interact with each other, which also allows for a type of conforming to the body. And an important part of any of these inner spring mattresses are the upholstery layers, and there are three parts. The insulator, this is closest to the spring, separates the middle upholstery from the core, and is typically a fiber or mesh that is used to keep the middle upholstery in place. Now, the middle upholstery is made of materials intended for comfort. These are your foams, felts, polyester fibers, cotton fibers, wool fibers. But because they are the squishy good parts of a mattress, they're also the first to fail, which is why mattresses are upholstered on both sides to increase the life of the mattress through rotations as to not wear out the middle upholstery. In fact, it is recommended that you flip your mattress every six months at the least, though if you're feeling rather saucy, you can flip it as much as you want. The quilt is the top layer, and this is the protective soft surface that comes in different firmnesses. And that's basically your mattress up until the 1950s. In the 1960s, foam mattresses come into the market, and this is because of NASA. Now, they are usually latex, or a blend of latex and rubber tree, to make a synthetic latex. And this is where we get memory foam. It's a conforming, viscoelastic foam over a firmer polyurethane base foam that was developed by NASA in 1966 to absorb shock, offering improved protection and comfort for NASA's airplane seats. It was released to the public domain in the 1980s, and by the 1990s, we see the creation of publicly available foam memory mattresses. 
Another kind is high density. This uses more compact foam, typically made with polyurethane. It usually lasts longer and is more comfortable due to the increased density. The final mattress type is the bladder, and this is either air or water. Instead of springs, we're using chambers of air to provide the support, and this was invented in 1981. The water mattress, which you now know because a bed is the support, and there's no such thing as a water bed, is much like the bladder air. It is filled with water instead of coils, encased in vinyl and temperature controlled. It was invented in 1968 by Charles Hall for his master thesis. He wanted to move furniture away from a focus on design and focus more on comfort. His first attempt was to fill vinyl bags with liquid cornstarch. This enveloped anyone who sat in it, though it was said to be quite comfy. He also tried jello, but the temperature and consistency was off. But Hall was not the original inventor of this idea. That's Dr. Neil Arnott in 1880. He builds the hydrostatic bed. He covered a warm bath with Indian rubber cloth and sealed it to prevent leaks. However, this did not work. The earlier models couldn't retain the heat of the water, nor could it hold the water, and it never took off. It wasn't until the 1930s, when rubber shortages brought about an interest in plastics, that the water bed saw any further development. And so we reach the end of our story. Not because we want to, but because this is where the various mattress manufacturers have begun their scandalous war. Many of them have taken over the history of mattresses, and some may even be updating Wikipedia to match their story. And how long you should wait to replace your mattress, or how long mattress lasts, are entirely up to those companies to decide. In general, it's expected that a mattress should last about 10 years through wear and tear, but there's nothing wrong with a mattress lasting more than that. You also find that memory foam mattresses advertise that they last much longer than inner springs, going from 10 to 15, even 20 years. However, foam mattresses also suffer from what's known as the Goldilocks effect. Depending on the temperature of the room, the mattress will change its density, and if left in a room of that temperature for too long, it will become permanently that particular hardness or softness. If you are curious if your mattress is out of date or too old, you don't base it off of comfort. Comfort is fleeting. The floor can be comfortable for a time. You should judge your mattress's life based on how you wake up. If you wake up tired, suffering from allergies, having pain in a certain part of your body, then it's time to investigate the mattress you are sleeping on. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You can find more about Kyle Explains over at kyleferguson.com, two S's in Ferguson. This show is written by Kristen Ashton, and music was by Brian Griffith. I will see you next week with a new topic for Kyle Explains. Kyle Explains.